Welcome to Yes Mother, the podcast about the A&E show based motel. We are covering the finale tonight called The Cord, season five, ep 10. This is the, uh, what do we call it? The recap. recap. This is the recap. I'm Em. And I'm Susan. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, please don't 
ruin it. I have to, Norman. You're not living in the real world. You need to live in the real world. You, you have to stop this. Stop what, Dylan? Norma is, is dead, okay? This is her body. You brought her body here. Well, I disagree. This isn't something that you can, that you can agree or disagree with. She's dead, Norma. Stop it. Stop it, Dylan. Stop saying that. You have to deal with it. You, you, you need to come in, you need to turn yourself in, and we need to get you help. That's what you want for me? To be shut up in some prison for the criminally insane and drugged out of my mind? I don't know what I want for you. What I really want is something that can never happen, okay? I want you to be happy, I want, I want you to be well. I want mom to be alive again. I got. I, I, I want both of you to. I want you guys to meet my daughter. I want to have. I want to have Christmases together. Okay. I want all of these things to have never happened. Well, if you believe hard enough, then you can make it that way. No, you, no, you can't. <sighs> Welcome back. Welcome back. Recap time. We're now at least a week and a half from the show, so we're really creeping along, <laughs> taking advantage of this. Uh... <laughs> there wasn't an episode the next week. <laughs> we are. Uh, we've had very busy lives since Bates ended. Yep. Life goes on for us. Yeah. Saw Rob off today to Samoa. That's right. I was kind of happy to see him go. He was getting kind of crabby. <laughs> go to Samoa for a month. <laughs> no, he just, he was scheduled six night shifts and seven nights ending yesterday. Oh, jeez. So, and in between, he's been busy trying to wrap up projects and right. stuff. And so he's been sleeping so little, especially the last three. We're talking like three-hour naps. Oh, God. And then going back to work. And so he you could tell he was trying really hard not to be crabby. Right, right. But he failed. Uh, Usually, is... normally, he's like, by the third shift, especially if he's busy and not sleeping much, I just absolutely try and avoid all conversations. Right. Because <laughs> they just frustrate me. <laughs> And, uh, anyway, he was trying hard not to be, and he wasn't really grumpy with me. He was more like Scout and the dog. <laughs> right. How anyway, so kind of, it was kind of like, bye. <laughs> See ya. And get some sleep. <laughs> get in a better mood. <laughs> he, it's only for a little over two weeks, because he's not spending any time in Hawaii this time. Oh. Uh. Well, so he's he's going to be back well, like the 23rd or something. That's uh, 21st. So that's, I don't know, three weeks, I guess. Yeah. It's a good cause. Yeah. All right. What? Well, let's get into it. Let's get into when it. When a scout will go to bed. All right. So we open with Regina driving Romero and Norman. Regina is crying and begging Romero not to kill her. He tells her to stop crying. She tells Romero he has lost his mind 
and he yells he hasn't lost his mind. Norman says, that's debatable. Norman tells Regina to take the next turn. She does, and Romero tells her to stop the car. Romero tells Gina to get out of the car. He tells her to walk back to the main road, and she does. Romero gets Norman out of the car and asks how much further. Norman says, maybe ten minutes, or maybe I'm lying. Romero <laughs> slams Norman's head against the top of the car. Romero and Norman back, get back in the car and drive off. So, yeah. I was getting just as annoyed with Regina as Romero was. <laughs> yeah. Good lord, lady. Hold it together. <laughs> Don't give him a reason to kill you. I know. <laughs> I mean, that would be a terrifying situation, but still. And seriously, it was a road. I mean, I know it was probably a fair walk and pretty deserted. But the look on her face when he's like, walk, she's like, horrified. I, I know. It's like, are you like wouldn't you be just like hauling ass? Absolutely. I'd be like, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah. But yeah, sassy, sassy head Norma. <laughs> well, I'm kind of with her. That is debatable if he's lost his mind. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the maybe 10 minutes maybe I'm lying <laughs> he's like slam <laughs> he's like not today <laughs> yep, the old Romero head slam yep little Batman yep uh, yep and we had the opening sequence and then next we see Green and other deputies watch surveillance footage of Romero, Norman, and Regina leaving the sheriff's office. Green tells the deputies to go search for them and to check Romero's house and the Bates house. Dylan walks to her office and Green tells him Romero kidnapped Norman and took Regina hostage. She asks Dylan if he has any idea where Romero would take Norman and Dylan says somewhere to kill him. Dylan says Norman is sick and needs psychiatric help. Green reminds him Norman has been charged with multiple murders. Dylan says she doesn't care what happens to him. She says the person she cares about is Regina. Dylan says nothing better happened to Norman. He's a suspect and hasn't been convicted. So I expect different of Green. She seems like a forward-thinking modern cop. Yeah. Which is, I would expect her to really care about the prisoner's rights and the prisoner that's under her watches, no matter what they did. Just, I would expect her to care about their well-being. Yeah, I I did not like her in this scene. Mm-mm. I mean, he's pretty obviously mentally ill and she knows he spent a couple of weeks at Pineview. Yeah. And so when Dylan brings that up, she's like, do I have to remind you he's been, you know, charged with multiple murders? And it's like, well, yeah, but Dylan's got a point. He hasn't been convicted yet. Yeah, I know. That's, <laughs> you know. All these things just took her down in my eyes where yeah. I really did with her just her fresh face in the town. I just expected her to be a little more yeah. uh, less less old school, more forward thinking. Yeah. I mean, I get, I'm sure as a boss, you're probably 
really worried about your employee who's been kidnapped by an ex-con. You know, but I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I never worried about Regina's life. <laughs> but maybe she didn't. I don't know. It just didn't seem very Romero-like to kill her, so... Right. But she probably doesn't know that. She's got a very different view of Romero. Well, she... A pretty skewed one, I think. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We know. Yes, he's willing to cross the line, but he's got a... He's got an inner... What'd Maggie call it? <laughs> his own set of moral... Uh, morals. Whatever. Yeah, like his own moral compass. His own moral compass. And, I mean, I know that he wasn't always on the straight and narrow for the law, but I respected his moral compass. Sure. Well, and he wasn't going to kill Regina. That used to no. be his employee, you know. Right. So. Although I suspect Regina has probably badmouthed him. I think she really enjoyed having Sheriff Green, and I bet the little chat around the office was really not in his favor. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so next we see Romero and Norman pull up to a spot in the woods. Romero turns off the car. Norman is whispering to himself, saying, I think we should. Norman, it's not for you to be here. It's, let me deal with this, okay? Norman? Romero tells him he doesn't know what's going on, but it's best not to mess with him. Norman asks if he would be surprised to learn that Norman isn't there at all. He can't hurt Norman. Romero tells him to to spare him the bullcrap. Norman asks why he should show him where her body is if he is just going to kill him anyway. Did you think about that, Sheriff Lonely Heart? <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Norma. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> Zing! <laughs> <laughs> Romero punches him Romero puts his gun in Norman's head and says he doesn't know what kind of sick fuck digs his mother up digs his mother's body out of the grave and moves her around he doesn't want to know about it or what he did to it <laughs> <laughs> he says he can shoot Norman once they find her and make it quick and clean or he can make him suffer for days and he has ideas <laughs> I'm sure he's been thinking about those ideas for years. <laughs> yes, he's had two years in the prison to think about it. <laughs> uh, Norman says, all right, and they get out of the car. They walk and Norman stops and says they are there. Norman bends down and starts removing snow. He tells Romero it would go faster if he helped. Romero gets down and Norman stands up. Romero pulls down the blanket that Norman had put over Norma and reveals her face. She's completely frozen. There's black around her eyes. Norma says, I'm so sorry for everything that happened. I know how much you loved her. Romero gets up and beats Norman unconscious. Romero goes back to Norma and says, I'm going to get you out of here. He's crying and says, I'm sorry I couldn't help you. I love you. I'll always love you. Then we see Norman from behind and he bashes Romero's head with a rock. He hits him three more times with the rock and then grabs his gun and shoots him twice. Romero whispers, You killed her. You killed her, Norman. You can't hide from it. And then Romero dies. 
Norma sits down next to Norma, and suddenly Head Norma is there, and she says, Don't listen to him, Norman. He is just trying to hurt you. Norman says, I think I did kill her. I think I did. I didn't want to. She was everything I had. I mean, it was supposed to be both of us. Head Norma says, I have to leave now. Norman says, No, I'll have no one. You can't leave me now. Head Norma says, You know everything now, and there's nothing for me to protect you from. Goodbye, Norman. And Head Norma walks away. Okay, first off, I want to give a shout out to Romero's F bomb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if, if the show was going to drop one F bomb, <laughs> this was so perfect. That was the perfect spot. <laughs> yep there's a time and place and this was a time and place totally you just just... (laughs) there was no other it was just the perfect thing to call him in Romero's time and place you know I I thought it was a great choice oh yeah oh yeah I just love how he said I don't want to think what you did to it (laughs) Like, <laughs> what does he think? <laughs> oh. Well, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> oh man! But did you get like? <laughs> it was kind of sad. Head Norma leaving Norman. <laughs> you know his little. You can't leave me. I won't have anyone. You know. Oh, it was terrible. I yeah. know. It was like, don't go. <laughs> it's know? sad. And I'm standing by my theory that since she wasn't like a ghost, <laughs> which is how I kind of, my head kind of thinks of her sometimes. Right, right. Since she wasn't like this ghosty present presence keeping him company, she was a literal, actual psychological problem. <laughs> Right. Uh, I think just it makes sense that she had no choice. It's like, okay, when all the things I was protecting you from are done. I mean, in our heads, and if she was some sort of ghost, (laughs) she would have stayed for the um the trial stuff. Because she did help him out when she was around for that. But the fact that it was like she had no choice. Because psychologically he did not need her anymore. Right, right. And so it it makes all the sense in the world to me, that theory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It makes sense. It was just... It was just really bad, sad, of course. You know, this little, this little thing well, that he counted on since he was a little kid is leaving now. Yeah, and... You know, I've grown attached to that. I know she was murdery and everything, but... Right. This poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's he's had her to protect him and to keep him company right. from the horrible things he's done. And right. you just, you think back on, like, the first episode, I think it was, where he just wakes up to breakfast in the morning and the flowers and, oh, mother... <laughs> You know? Yes, I know. <laughs> and you just... You think of what the scene was actually just dusty and dirty. And uh, it's just awful. And when you think of it that way, it's just... And him just kind of like begging her to stay. 
Oh, it is sad. But, you know, props to Romero for yeah, giving it to him straight yeah. and actually getting through it to him. So in the car, when they're talking and he says, I think we should, and then Norman, it's not for you to be here, it's. So was that Norman saying, I think we should, and it's, and then had Norman answering, interrupting I, him? I think so. Yeah, I don't know. It... As we've seen him, you know, back and forth. Yeah, because I think it's him that says, I think we should. And she says, Norman, it's not for you to be here. Well, no. No, maybe. Maybe it's her that says, I think we should, Norman. And maybe it's him that says, it's not for you to be here. And then she says, it's, let me deal with this, okay, Norman? If they would only let Freddie Highmore do a creepy lady voice. <laughs> I know, right? Because, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know who says what. It definitely ends with her saying, let me deal with this, okay? Yeah, because she says Norman. Which makes me think that it's him saying, it's not for you to be here. Or maybe it's her saying all of it. Yeah, and we just don't hear Norman because yeah. he's so far down still. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Is it's her say that's all her? Could be. Yeah. Just curious. Yeah. All right. And <laughs> listening while editing today, I sounded so callous about Romero. With Norma's body, and I didn't—I didn't feel as callous as I sounded. <laughs> callous. Well, I'm just—I said it didn't make me cry, and then I'm like a little detached from Normero, which is all true. Just right. saying it out loud, and the way I said it sounded a lot more callous than it actually uh. was in my brain. It was sad to me, but I didn't cry. And I am a little detached from Normero because the story hasn't been going that way for the entire season. Right. But anyway, just saying it all like the way I said it made me go, man, I sound cold. (laughs) 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 All of the Normero shippers are throwing their iPods. And writing one-star reviews. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the whole Norm Merrill thing hasn't been part of this season at all, you know? No. So, yeah. You are detached. We're all detached from it. Boo. I want to watch season four again. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to be detached. (laughs) Like them. <laughs> but it it's very touching and Oh yeah. Oh it's just awful. It's awful. But it just it doesn't last very long. He gets killed so quickly. Yeah. If they drug it out a little bit more you might have a little more but it just happens so quick. 
Yeah, and you know, after he gets shot and everything, he just he seems pretty resigned, but I guess he was expecting to die anyway. Right. So I think there was some relief there. Probably. So next we see Norman. Norman waking up in the same bed. He says, Mother, you're here. She says, Yeah, of course I'm here. I live here, silly. He tells her he just had the most horrible dream and he doesn't want to talk about it. She tells him to let it go. He says he dreamed she died. She says she didn't. She's right there. It was just a silly dream and life is in front of them. She gets up and asks where she is going and she is gone. He walks around looking for her and goes into the kitchen and she's in there cooking. He says, you're really here. They hug and she tells him it was just a bad dream, honey. You need to learn how to wake up from them. You can if you just try hard enough. Boy. Echoed later. <laughs> he took he that sure one to took hard. that hard. <laughs> <laughs> Mother said... Yep. The scene fades and Norman is lying in the snow. He says, Mother, it won't stop. Am I still dreaming? Mother? The camera pans out and we see dead Romero and Norman and Norma's body all lying in the snow. Oh, oh man, that oh, was man. horrific. Possibly <laughs> <laughs> horrific. Then we hear Norma's voice saying she has some exciting news and Norman says to tell him. We see Norma walking into Norman's bedroom and she tells him she bought a hotel and a house and a Mercedes and they're moving to Oregon and they're going to be really happy. Cuts to Norman in the snow and he sits up and says, what place? Mother, how could you do this and not tell me? Cuts to Norma telling him, because it's a surprise and I know you'll love it. She tells him to get up. They have packing to do. Next, we see the Mercedes driving along the coast. It's the scene from the pilot. And Norma tells him this is the part where he tells her this is so beautiful and he is happy they are moving there. Cuts to Norman driving and his face is all bloody and his hair is all messed up. <laughs> now I want to like watch screen? I know. Did you like my screenshot for the last podcast? Yes. <laughs> Did you see Norma and the Mercedes in the corner? No. Ooh. It's like, where's Waldo? It's really creepy. <laughs> Just look in the Mercedes. <laughs> okay. I'm so happy you're making me move here. You're so smart to force me to do things I have no say in. We can see Norman's body in the back seat of the Mercedes. Cuss to the scene where Norman sees the motel and house for the first time. She asks him what he thinks, and we see crazy blood faced. <laughs> <laughs> parking lot <laughs> sometimes you just like make me laugh <laughs> I do <laughs> and he says this is crazy mom cuts to pilot Norman and Norma and she hugs him and says it's not crazy we own a motel Norman Bates come on I want to show you the house and we see crazy bloody Norman walking up the outside stairs carrying Norman's bo- Norma's body Cuts to pilot, Norma and Norman, and she's opening curtains and telling him it's all going to be good. Cuts to Norman standing there still holding her body. He says, okay, mother, I believe you. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh. Oh, it's just so... This is one of my favorite scenes of the whole series. This little... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. 
And watching it for the first time was so fun. I was just absolutely in shock. Oh, my gosh. Just just how crazy he looks in his acting. And then carrying around her body. Oh, my God. And just having the same conversations that they had in the pilot. It was so delightfully horrific. Yeah. I can't even like seeing pilot Norma sitting on the Mercedes all like sex kitten and then it cuts to him and he's like holding her dead body in the parking uh-huh. lot and then and his face is all amazing and then you know pilot Norma opening the curtains and just being so excited and then it cuts to him, and he's holding her dead body in the living room. It's just, good God. Oh, <laughs> it's just, oh. Just horrific. No wonder I haven't watched it again. It's like, it's so much. I love it so much, but it's. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. It's so fantastic. It was, it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. <sighs> uh, so next we see Dylan looking over the bay and Remo shows up. Remo is now married and working for a legit grower. They talk a little about Emma and Katie. Remo hands him a paper bag. Dylan tries to pay him, but Remo says no. Uh, Dylan pulls a gun out of the bag and tells Remo it's to protect his wife and daughter. Remo says he has to go and he leaves. So, yeah, we all agree. That was kind of a waste. Yeah, yawn. Yep. Um, Remo, Remo, uh, cameo. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone said in their feedback. If if Dylan just had a gun, none of us would have blinked an eye. <laughs> yeah. Dylan, okay, Dylan has a gun. I believe um, that was Daniel. Just listen to it today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it was. Um... So the next we see Green and some deputies at the sheriff's office and Regina walks in. So Regina made it. Yay. Yeah, and we can all guess that they all took off for where Regina pointed them to. Yep. Well, sure. They've got... Of course they're going to go out. They're going to use all their manpower to go try and find Romero and Norman because they've got an escaped convict and like a suspected serial killer (laughs) (laughs) out on the loose. Yep. All hands on deck. All hands are looking for them. (laughs) Uh, Next we see Norma's body in pajamas lying on her bed and Norman tells her to get some rest. He's going down and check out the office. They can open tomorrow, and he wants it to be a success for them. Norman walks down to the motel office and takes down the police tape and goes inside. He walks by the desk and rings the bell. (laughs) (laughs) Best thing ever. (laughs) He is so happy right now. (laughs) (laughs) And crazy. (laughs) So crazy. That's why he's happy. Yep. He's like, shush. <laughs> <laughs> <Ding>. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> hey. He gets out of the guest book and the candy corn dish and the car pulls up. It's the mother with two young boys. She says they need a room for the night. She asks what happened to him. He says he fell down the steps. There are a lot of steps. He says they aren't officially open, but they can accommodate them. Her boys are touching everything, and she says, Harry, Dylan, stop touching everything. Norman says he has a brother named Dylan. Norman says they don't have any other guests, and Harry and Dylan can make as much noise as they want. She asks if it's okay if they play outside for a bit, and asks if it's safe out there, and Norman says, it's nothing if not safe. <clears throat> Just have them not play on the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was funny. It's nothing if not safe, but his face is all jacked up. <laughs> Playing outside. <laughs> um, she thanks him, and she and the boys leave the office, and Norman stands there and watches them get their things out of the car and go into their room. So here, on rewatch... I just think about the little things like taking down, seeing the police tape and taking them down. Mm-hmm. Uh, just knowing about the guest book and the candy corn dish and knowing that, you know, they just pulled up and, you know, in his eyes, apparently, and knowing that the rooms were ready for occupants, it's like, so we know he's carrying on this just trying so hard. You know, this is his yes. last ditch Hail Mary. Yes. Everything's great. He's carrying on this charade of <laughs> He is. And <laughs> this is our first just... day here. <laughs> yeah, and I think he has little tiny things that makes him go, Nope. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like the police tape. He knows what that's for, but it gets a big nope, and his brain just goes, shush. His, it, what is happening in his brain is shush, 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 shush. <laughs> yeah, but it's like he is there. And then when we see that scene with Dylan, we actually see him actively doing it. Right, right. Knowing full well it's a game. He knows. Yeah. He knows. it. I don't think he did so much, like the drive home and everything. <laughs> he was like doing that weird monologue with himself. Yeah, I. Well, I think it's what he says to Dylan in the kitchen at the end. Like, well, if you think hard enough and want it to be, it will be. That is, that is what he is doing. You know. Right. I just see a small difference from pulling up to the house to now. You know, it's been right. a few hours, apparently. I mean, it's probably been most of the day, huh? Probably. Because the kids have had... I mean, he got home at, like, dawn, right? Right. And the lady says... They've had enough of the car for Enough the of the car. So they've probably been driving, like, what, like, five hours? Four or five yeah. hours? You know? So we're to assume he's... And, you know, he's changed Norma into pajamas... She looks fairly thawed at this point. Yeah, her hands are gross. Yeah, and he's cleaned himself up and the house a bit at least. Yeah, I mean, I would guess at this point it's probably like two or three in the afternoon. Yeah, okay. 
you know. Like, if I had to guess a time, that's where I would put it. Somewhere around there. I don't know. I would have put it more like four or five. Maybe. Yeah. Afternoon, early evening. But, I mean, he's definitely doing that because one thing that doesn't make much sense when you think about it is, so he calls Dylan and apologizes for not telling Dylan that they moved from Scottsdale. Uh-huh. But when they moved, Dylan wasn't living in White Pine Bay. Right. Dylan showed up at their at their door. So, yeah, well, I think what you're saying is that in Norman's mind, Dylan should be in Scottsdale. Or wherever Dylan was living when they moved from Scottsdale. I don't think I don't think Dylan lived in Scottsdale either. But I would guess he was in Arizona. Maybe. So, you know. Yeah. Norman in the same phone call, Norman's apologizing. Sorry we didn't tell you that we moved to Scottsdale. Can you come to dinner tonight? <laughs> it's like <Right>. that's <clears throat> where's Dylan? <laughs> in Norman's Yeah. Mind. Well, that's because I think he knows on some level. Right. That Dylan is in town. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I think, like what you're saying, you know, he's there. He's just shishing it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He's, his mental illness is doing a Hail Mary and it's, yep. it's nothing. I mean, if Dylan hadn't shown up, I don't think it was anything that would last more than a day or two. Right. Right. I agree. Yeah. Unless he was able to like, go deeper into a mental illness and really become, you know, taxidermy Norma and really become the Norman of the movie. Right. Which is where he seemed to have been headed. I think he was heading there. I think it would have taken just like one more real psychotic break. Yeah. He was almost there. He was really (laughs) close. (laughs) Dylan brought him back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um... But I thought it was cute that, like, I don't know, him seeing, like, the single mom. Well, she wasn't a single mom, but she was on her own with the two little boys. And one's blonde, one's dark hair. He was looking at, like, little Norman and Dylan. Oh, yeah. One and, was even named Dylan. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm going to call my brother. So I thought that was kind of a nice way to make that happen. Yeah. Um... Okay, so next we see Dylan walk into a bar. He orders a drink, and a woman immediately walks up to him and says he looks alone. <laughs> and she <laughs> orders a drink. It's like, jeez, lady. It's like, desperate too much. <laughs> a little barfly. <laughs> <laughs> Man, she she looked pretty young too. She is on she is on track for a sad and lonely life. <laughs> Well, what time did we decide it was? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <Or> the latest. <laughs> That's true. Um, Dylan says he is just there to drink and try and figure out something that is beyond his control. Dylan's phone rings and he answers and it's Norman. Dylan asks if he is okay and asks where he is. 
Norman tells him he is okay and just wanted to let him know they are at the new house and motel and he misses them and mother does too. Dylan says, mother? Norma says, Norma, as you like to call her. I know she can be stubborn sometimes. It's just because she gets hurt so easily. And I know that the two of you had that terrible fight before we moved from Scottsdale. But I just, I think this could be a new beginning. Dylan Travis. And we're not a family without you, Dylan. So I just really think we should start over and be together. And that I guess the reason I'm calling is that I would love it if you could come over for dinner. Dylan says, of course, and that he'll be right over. Then Dylan says, Norman, are you with Romero? Norman says, he doesn't know a Romero. Dylan says, okay, and <laughs> he'll be over soon. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> so terrifying. Oh, man. I can't even imagine oh. how scary that conversation would be. I would have... And the prospect of going over to his house. No, no, no. There's... <laughs> I don't care. I mean, <laughs> I love my siblings. <laughs> but not that much. But nope. I would not put myself in that position. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did I tell you the story of when Scout was really little? And her baby monitor started making really scary noises in the middle of the night. And I was like, you're on your own, kid. <laughs> I was too scared to go in there. <laughs> so apparently even my own offspring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounded like aliens. And... <laughs> You're like, I, nope. <laughs> I went through a week where I was nursing her. She was really little. And <laughs> I happened to watch just this one scene from that Japanese horror movie audition. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it scared the pants off me. <laughs> and it made it really hard that when Scout would wake up in the middle of the night crying, I'm like, oh. <laughs> I have to go nurse her. <laughs> I think it was even during that time. I was terrified. Oh, that's hilarious. That kind of thing doesn't happen to me that much. <laughs> <laughs> there was something about that little clip of audition that <laughs> just got me. Oh, that's funny. Anyway. <laughs> I always did, <laughs> but it took everything I had, <laughs> but no, 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 no. My brother calls me with that crap, and he's a murderer. Oh, I know, I know. It's it's not like he's just arbitrarily afraid. Right, right. It's not like... He oh, should be genuinely afraid. Crazy Norman's off his meds again. I better go take care of it. It's like, no. no. This guy, you know what? <laughs> he legit kills people. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. He's a convicted, insane killer. Not convicted yet. Oh, yes. <laughs> He's accused. He's an accused 
yeah. with quite a lot against him. <laughs> Enough I mean, that it made Dylan, Dylan like walk out of the courtroom. <laughs> Dylan knows. <laughs> yeah. So. Anyway, terrifying. Yeah, terrifying. Next, we see Norman putting on a record. It's Doris Day's Raw. The close captioning called it whatever it will be, will be. Uh, I believe it's called Case or Ross or Ross. That's what I thought too. So I was like, well, I don't know how to spell that, so I'll just put. <laughs> I'll just put with the close captioning said. Going with the, the subtitle. <laughs> Norman is setting the table, and then we see him dressing. Wait, wait. Is that song from North by Northwest? Harold. <laughs> oh, maybe it is. I think it is. I can only think of Ned Flanders singing it when the comet's coming. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to look it up. But now that I think about it, it might be. Maybe it's not North by Northwest. I'm just going to put in Hitchcock. Because I'm pretty sure it's Hitchcock. The man who knew too much. Uh-huh. Which Doris Day is in. Well, that I knew she sang it in the film, and I thought, she is not in North by Northwest. Right. It was introduced in Man Who Knew Too Much, and, yeah, see, it's James Stewart. Oh, wait, no, that's Cary Grant in North by Northwest. I suck. Okay. <laughs> um, right, it's Cary Grant and uh, Eva Marie Saint. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Um, funny, it says that it's called Case Rossera, but this Wikipedia thing says that the song, I mean, the movie credited as whatever will be, will be. As kind of, and it was kind of a mistake. Oh. And that's interesting because they did that too. I wonder if that was a little shout out. <laughs> <laughs> a deep cut shout out. <laughs> that's a really no, deep. I'm, yeah. I'm guessing that that might have been a little, just the Hitchcock reference itself. Was probably, that? probably. Reference. Sure, why not? You know. I'm calling it. <laughs> it's funny well, that never occurred to me because... Right. This is the first time it occurred to me. Well, I mean, I bet they would do something like that on purpose because they got to pick an old song anyway. And it fit very well. Right, right. Plus it fits. But yeah, especially doing Doris Days. That's that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, Norman's setting the table, and we see him dressing Norma, and then he carries her down the stairs. Cuts to Dylan. scream. (laughs) (laughs) Why was that scene scary? Oh, because we're worried about Dylan. Well, just seeing him carry her down the stairs, I mean... Oh, they did the shots like Hitchcock, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. It's a camera angle straight from Psycho, and it's just just disturbing. (laughs) 
<laughs> the whole thing is disturbing, yes. especially knowing, knowing Dylan's on knowing his way. Knowing Dylan is on his way is just like, no. Uh. Yeah. Again, it was just horrifying to watch uh, yeah. for the first time. Cuts to Dylan pulling up to the house. He sits there a moment and then calls Emma. Dylan tells her Romero kidnapped Norman from jail and they have been gone for a day. Then Dylan tells her that Norman called him and asked him to come over. She asks if the sheriff knows and he says no. Emma says he has to tell her. Dylan says the sheriff doesn't care about Norman and if he calls them, they will rush in and Norman will end up dead. Emma says she doesn't care about Norman, she cares about him. He, she reminds him he has a child. He says he knows he has a child, but does he have a wife? She tells him not to do that and to please just call the sheriff because Norman is dangerous. Dylan says he isn't dangerous to him. <laughs> Let me count on the fingers how many times that has been proven I to be untrue. <laughs> Although he... Dylan's always come out on top. No, Still but dangerous. Norman has attacked him so many times. <laughs> <laughs> He's currently got a gash on his head. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Emma tells him he sounds like Norma. <laughs> <Right Song. on. laughs> you sure know how to hurt me <laughs> he says to tell him she loves him and she says she isn't going to arm him up like that so he can go do something stupid he tells her he will never love anyone else but her and they hang up Dylan takes a gun out of the bag and he looks over and sees a car parked in front of- so am I right what he was fishing to find out if Emma if he had a life with Emma still. Yeah, I think so. It just I'm with Matt a lot on this little scene right here. This is just so out of character for Dylan. But I think you're right. I think he was fishing. I don't know. I think he was fishing and felt half desperately suicidalish. I know, but it just very reckless, almost um Romero-ish. It just seems so crazy that he would be at that point, but I think you're right, you know. It is crazy and it's very scary movie-ish, you know. Yeah. You have to give scary movies the pass on this because that's what scary movies do i know i know the people the young girls do walk into the scary dark house that they know is somewhere in it (laughs) they don't run out screaming like you would i know but this is a character who is for seasons now has just consistently had like the coolest head made the smartest decisions you know and to see him suddenly being like the thought of him being like suicidal because he thinks that Emma may not love him anymore and I don't know it's, it just I think it's, right, it it's just kind of rubs me the wrong way yeah it's probably the biggest stretch shush I think so I think so but I also think they set it up as well as they could because they wanted to get him in the house I know. I know. They had to get him in the house somehow. So it, it serves the story for sure. And it, so. It might have helped to have them, have him say, or have him call the police before he goes in and have them say, well, I'm here alone. Everyone's out searching. 
but I'll have someone out there as soon as I can and have him go in anyway. They could have right. done that. Right. And that would have helped considerably, don't I you think? I think it would have. I think it would have. Yeah. If he at least called and talked to, like, dispatch and they were like, well, everyone's up in the woods. I'll call him and see if I can get one of them over there. And but, say, you... But it's going to be, like, 20 Stay minutes. in your car. Yeah. yeah. Or stay yeah. in your car and have a knot. I could... Yeah, that would have been that would have been a little bit better. Yeah, but I think one they were trying to build. I mean, and it worked on a few of you. It didn't on me that Dylan was going to die, and so that phone call was half doing that to you for your first watch. Right, right. Going, oh no, this is the Emma. I'm going to die. Tell me you love me. Yeah, and then surprise he doesn't die but so there's that and it I don't know it almost works because Emma left him and they also I think they smartly um, had him give her the events of the day so we know they have not talked she's not up to speed Right, right. So he hasn't all the last thing he knew was her like leaving and being like Yeah, I don't know. Right. Yeah, that's don't true. That's talk to true. me about it, I don't want to talk about it and Yeah. You know, his marriage was pretty in the dust. More than it had ever been, I'm willing to bet. Yeah. That's true. Anyway. They tried. <laughs> <laughs> It worked pretty well, but it obviously didn't work. I don't think everyone thought about it as much as I did or something. I don't know. It's it's a lot to put together to make it work. Right. And it feels pretty shushy grab at straws. <laughs> and it shouldn't because when you do think about all of it, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. But I think they really were trying to build tension that he was going to die. I think that's exactly what it was. But on a rewatch, the thing is, I think it holds up fairly well. If you think about all the stuff I said. Yeah, I'll have to rewatch it with that in mind and see. Okay. I'll move on. Um, okay, so he takes the gun out of the bag and looks over and sees a car parked in front of a room at the motel. He knocks on the door of the room, and the woman answers. He asks if his brother Norman checked her in. He's in his early 20s, dark hair, and really polite. She says, <laughs> I love it when people on the show describe other people on the show. <laughs> I know, and with Norman, it's always polite. <laughs> yep. <laughs> she says yes, and he tells her she needs to leave. He tells her that Norman has some mental issues, and he shouldn't be checking people in. Dylan tells her to take her kids and leave. He tells her where the King's Motel is, and then he leaves, and we see him walking up the outside stairs, and we see the woman driving away. She drives away so fast. <laughs> I would have. Oh, this was so believable to me. Oh, heck yeah. The thought of staying in that motel alone and having Dylan's deadlocked scary. Oh, yeah. I would have been terrified to open the door. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then to have him be like, it's like your worst fears come true. Um, 
<laughs> mentally, he was very mentally unstable. And then you think back in your head, he was all like messed up. Yeah. Did he kill people before I? Are there people, dead people in the hotel? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it's it's crazy. like the absolute worst. <laughs> and he's like not even. She had two kids and suitcases. <laughs> he's like not even on the stairs when you see the car driving away. <laughs> that so would have been me. <laughs> Just leave it all. <laughs> oh man! Anyone was worried I would have taken my children. <laughs> Are you sure you would have taken Scout? <laughs> you would have just left her on her own. <laughs> I might leave Scout for the alien abduction. But You're not on your own, kids. <laughs> Mom's out of here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Damn. He tells her where the King's Motel is, and then he leaves, and we see him walking up the outside stairs, and we see the woman driving away. I already got that right, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> um, End scene. <laughs> end scene. <laughs> the camera pans back, and there's outlines in the wall of a woman running out with her tickets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they're going to have to rake that gravel again. <laughs> That's right. <sighs> so, next Dylan rings the doorbell at house. Norman answers and hugs him and thanks him for coming and tells him Mother is going to be excited to see him. They walk into the house and Norman tells Dylan, dinner is almost ready. Dylan looks around and then walks in the kitchen, and Norman is getting something out of the oven. Dylan tells Norman they have to talk. Norman says I can talk over dinner. Dylan says, Norman. Norman stops what he is doing and turns around and says, Mother is going to be so excited you're here, Dylan. Dylan says, She's not here, Norman. Norman kind of smiles and turns around, and oh, so creepy. <laughs> Did you notice the smile on his? He kind of yes, like does a nod, like she's over you know. there, you know. Oh, that just gave chills because it's like uh, he knows. I on know. some level, he knows that it's. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and he just kind of does a slight little nod towards the living room that makes Dylan look, and oh. <sighs> okay. That is so crazy, scary. I know, I know, it is. Okay, so Norman kind of smiles and turns around. Dylan looks over to the dining room, and he can see the back of Norma's head. He slowly walks into the dining room, and he sees Norma. He looks at her and then throws up. Norman comes in and asks if they are okay in there. (laughs) (laughs) Everything all right? He sees Dylan. Weird. I know. It's not weird. It's just got to smell so bad, too. You know? Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to get morbid, but it, they start smelling right away. Uh, it's. You don't have to be, like, super decomposed to smell. No. <laughs> um, Norman says he will clean it up. Dylan says, Norman, Norman says, it's all fine, Dylan. You just got a little bit overexcited. 
He pulls out a chair and says, here, sit down. Sit down with mother. This (laughs) part right here is like the ultimate. I mean, if you didn't know before that he pretty much knows what's going on, but he's ignoring it, then you know now. Exactly. Exactly. Like, whoop, no, oh. Yep. You just got a bit overexcited. Sit. Sit with mother. I know. <laughs> Dylan says, Norman, stop what you're doing. And they both walk back into the kitchen. Norman says, what am I doing, Dylan? Dylan says, Norman. Norman yells, Dylan, please don't ruin it. Oh, and there it is. Oh, yeah, there it is oh, right there. So, so sad. sad. Dylan says, I have to. You're not living in the real world. You need to live in the real world. You have to stop this. Norman says, stop what, Dylan? Dylan says, Norma is dead, okay? This is her body. You brought her body here. Norman says, well, I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite. (laughs) Disagree. very norma yes yes exactly i see a lot of norma in dylan i mean in norman here yes yes totally it reminds me of the you know it's like we are going to have dinner come hell or high water (laughs) (laughs) the world is crashing down around us but you are going to eat that pot roast Because if you do, it'll be like everything's normal, and we can just shush everything. Yep. <laughs> uh, Dylan says, this isn't something you can agree or disagree with. <laughs> She's dead. <laughs> Norman says, no, stop it. Stop it, Dylan. Stop saying that. Dylan says, you need to come, and you need to turn yourself in, and we need to get you help. Norman says, that's what you want for me? To be shut up in some prison for the criminally insane and dragged out of my mind? Dylan yells, I don't know what I want for you. What I really want is something that can never happen, okay? I want you to be happy. I want you to be well. I want mom to be alive again. I want both of you to meet my daughter. I want Christmases together, okay? I want all of these things to have to have never have happened. Norman says, well, if you believe hard enough, then you can make it that way. <laughs> And here is where my tears start Ugh. for the episode. Yeah. And they pretty much don't stop. <laughs> oh, just Dylan saying those things, you know, like, I want Christmases. I want mom to be alive. It's like, ah. Oh. Yeah. This was the conversation that really can pull you in to, like, the reality of the situation right. and the reality for Dylan. Yes. It's like the Anya speech in the body. Right, right. She's not going to be, you know, she'll never drink fruit punch again. You know, just like little things that Yep. Yep. death means. Yep, exactly. The end of, and anyway, it gets you. It does, it does. Um... Yes, yeah, so Norma says, well, if you believe hard enough, then you can make it that way. Uh, Dylan says, no, you can't. You can't. 
Norman turns around and he picks up a butcher knife and then turns back around and starts walking towards Dylan. Dylan asks what he is doing and Norman says, I can't let you take me away from her. <coughs> Dylan tells him to put down the knife. Dylan is walking backward and Norman is walking toward him. And Norman says, this is how it ends, isn't it? Sorry, I have a tickle in my throat. It's driving me nuts. Um, Norman says, this is how it ends, isn't it? Dylan says, it doesn't have to be this way, and tells Norman to put down the knife. Norman says, I just want to be with her, Dylan. Dylan says, Norman, no, don't ask me to do this. Norman lifts the knife up, the knife up and lunges at Dylan. Dylan shoots him. Norman falls into Dylan, and they sit down on the floor. Dylan is crying and saying he is sorry. Norman is having flashes of him run, running through the woods, and Norma is there, and she opens up her arms, and he runs to her and hug, and it keeps changing from Norman to little boy Norman. Cuts to Norman lying in Dylan's arms, and Dylan is crying, and Norma says, thank you. The camera pans out, and we see Dylan and now dead Norma on the floor, or dead Norman on the floor, and Norma's body sitting at the table. Oh, and she is kind of slumped <laughs> over. <laughs> Mm-hmm. She's moved. <laughs> little, <laughs> little more thaw. <laughs> I'm so glad we didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I know. It just made myself creep out. Um, <laughs> next, we see police and paramedics taking a body bag out of the house. Dylan comes out and sits at the top of the outside stairs. And Dream a Little Dream of Me is playing. Cuts to police and police dogs walking through woods and they find Romero's body. Next, we see a couple meet a realtor at the Bates Motel. It's for sale and the price has been reduced. And I guess that's Jow. <laughs> um, then we see Emma walking Katie, who is now like three. Dylan runs up to them and he and Emma kiss and walk off together. And next, we see Norman and Norman's headstone. Nothing is written on his side except 1995 to 2017. And that's it. Yeah, so I hearing the words that are said, the inter the last interchanges between Dylan and Norman, I think you're crazy to question whether this was a suicide attempt or not. It's just it's all right there. You mean a suicide attempt on Norman's end? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. When you really pay attention to the dialogue. And Dylan, yeah. Dylan knows it, too, because he's like, don't ask me to do this. Right. Don't ask me to do this. I just want to be Dylan. Yeah. Um, and so, and after he, and he says, don't ask me to do this, Norman just lifts the knife up and lunges at Dylan. Yep. Yep. It's total suicide. Which is only fitting. It just it makes sense. It's, it's so sweet and, you know, in a horrible way. I know. I know. And oh my word, him dying and just seeing him. I mean, you see him dying and the look on his face and you get to see what he's seen. Yeah. And it's just such a beautiful end to Norman. It's, it is. I'm sure it pisses off the people that are still pissed off at him for killing Norma, but. Right. It's, it's just so, so beautiful. And I just love the touch of them, like, making it being, like, a little six-year-old Norman sometimes, and then present-day Norman. So it's like, this little boy, all this little, this little boy just needs his mom. 
Yeah. That's just, that's the only way he can be happy and feel safe and comfortable is with his mom. He was damaged as that little boy. And he just damaged to the point where he just needed his mom so bad in his life that it became what it was. I know. That's just tragic and it is sad and beautiful beautiful and sweet and I like to think of them together (laughs) I do (laughs) and Romero too and Romero they're a happy family now they can't be (laughs) yes (laughs) I'll forgive it (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it really what a I just thought it was what just such a beautiful ending to such a great series, you know. Oh, it's if you can get perfect. past all the little stuff that you gotta shush and just look at that ending scene. It's perfect. It's amazing. And it just is just amazing that it's Dylan that ends up killing Norman and not the sheriff and not Romero and not, you know, and I think we don't oh, be like, suck. or lame. even Romero, unless yeah. they did it right. Right. But no, this was perfect. But having to be Dylan just is so great. I have the whole side of the Norma and Norman and you don't even factor Dylan into that. And then once you step away for a second, and think of what Dylan did and the life he led and what this means to him. He just killed the last remaining member of his family. I mean, at this point, he thinks he still has Caleb, I suppose. Right. Yeah. Just after his little speech. And and then it shows just that he's heartbroken. I mean, just hugging. I know. Dead Norman, and what could have been? I mean, there were little flashes in the series where they could have been, you know, three happy members of a family. Right. And a big brother and a little brother and a mom. Yep, yep. They were glimpses. <laughs> Didn't happen much. No. Nope. But when they did, you know, you know that's what he's thinking of. And right. just how horrible... And he understood. I mean, it was hard to take, but he understood that Norman was sick and all of that. Right. So it's just tragic. and It is. Norman pretty much forced him to, and I think, even though he didn't want to, maybe there's a part of him that can feel okay that he was spared. Because, you know, that part of him is innocent. Innocent from all the killings. Right. But he's so sick. You know, it's like, was there hope for him to ever lead a life outside of an institution or a prison? Probably not. Probably not. And so there's got to be some sort of relief that he was able to just shoot him. And to have him say thank you was so sweet. That he'll always have that. Right. And then... Just seeing them sitting out on the porch, and we don't know if that's Norma's body or Norma's body. I know. <laughs> leaving. Just horrific. <sighs> oh, and he had to experience. I mean, he had no inkling 
that Norma's body was not laying in the ground. I know, I know. That was his first ever I know. glimpse of that. I mean... Did he even have time to process that? No. No. Because from the time he rang the doorbell till the time he shoots Norman, it's like not even ten minutes. No, and, sh- you know, he And it's pretty much real time. They don't do cuts to the sheriff again. It's that, right. you know, it's real time. Well, there wasn't a second not to watch. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like, oh, it cuts to them ten minutes later and they're just twiddling their thumbs. Right, no? right. <laughs> and I don't know, if you think hard about it, it's like she looked enough that there's no way he just barely you know I don't know what Dylan was able to process in his time but he's got to have known that he's had her frozen or something yeah you would yeah she couldn't have been in the ground that whole time no it's been a couple of years yeah it's well and can you imagine like the cops who were first because you know I'm pretty sure it was Emma who called and she's like hey you gotta go go to the Bates house you know (laughs) so they walk in and see Dylan and Norman and then (laughs) mother (laughs) little surprise bonus (laughs) oh man so crazy Oh, but that shot when that very last shot of the three of them together, it just uh, dead Norma, dead Norman, and Dylan just crying. Ugh. Oh, it's just absolutely heart wrenching. You need to do a cross stitch of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> But yeah, it's so good. I'm so relieved that a show I love ended well. Oh, I love, I love it. I know. Yeah. Me too. I think people, after watching it more than once, I, I'm hoping the people can like get over the little hang-ups and just the enjoy little- it. They're just tiny details. Yeah, because it's not... Like Harold said on the Facebook page, he's like, yeah, it's it's shushy that the cops weren't there, but would you, where would you rather the showdown had taken place? Exactly. Nowhere but that house. Exactly. Nowhere. Exactly. So it's not controversial like Dexter or even Lost or Sopranos. You know, it's Right, it's... and when I was giving my art speech and how I respect art, when I was again, when I was listening, I thought Dexter being a lumberjack was not art. That was not an artistic choice. That was crap. That was crap. So that doesn't count. No, no. A lot of the ending, what Dexter did with Deb, really still pisses me off too. See that? I've never. Maybe I need to rewatch it. But that is never like. I thought it was kind of sweet. Oh, uh-uh. <laughs> so, yay, the Bates Motel didn't do that. <laughs> yes. That 
This show I love, like, ended so great. So fitting. <sighs> yeah, it was it was beautiful. I adored it. Yeah. So yeah, well, that's that. Yeah, we are gonna do a season five wrap up. I need to watch it as a binge. Me too. So we're gonna binge it. We're gonna wrap up like we usually do. Yeah. We want to do uh, ode, kind of a ode to Norma, like a a Norma Bates memorial. Yes. Yeah. Where it's just, we're going to delve into Norma's character. Yep. So that'll be another episode. So we got, we got some plans. Yeah. Beyond that, are we going to try and do like a series thing? Is that going to be? Maybe. We'll see. If people want us to. Yeah, that's a tentative. Yeah. Some sort of series retrospective. Yeah. You know, it could be fun to just, you know, have people give their overall thoughts, their overall favorite scenes. Just Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe we should. We'll think about it. Yeah. And we oh we've got Bates Motel, the T V movie. T V movie. So, we'll record the season five finale one, I don't know, in a week or two. Yeah. And that's when we'll, Emily's going to do the death pool. Yeah, sorry. I totally spaced. I have, it, it's on my kitchen counter. I have not moved it from there because I keep saying I need to take a minute and sit down and calculate everybody's score. I don't even know who won. Yeah. So, sorry to keep everyone in. Suspense. <laughs> but I can't even tell you who won. I honestly don't know. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so Totally have keep forgetting. And I thought of it like yesterday that I need to do that before we podcast tonight. And then I forgot what it was. There was something I needed to do. <laughs> and I couldn't come up with what it was today. Yep. So we'll announce the Death Pool winner. And I'll also go through on that one, the motel rooms who ended in a motel room at the end. I mean, you, you pretty much know who you are, but, and then that way, you know, for sure that you'll be getting one of the cross stitches. Right. Yeah. And, um, everybody. Okay. I think Julia, Daniel and Kat, I think are the, Oh, and Iggy. Although I have a couple questions for Iggy. And I think I have a question for Julia. But if I haven't said your name, I basically feel like I need a straight answer on what you want. <laughs> yeah. Like some people have like just made little comments. Yeah, maybe everyone send it to the Gmail so it doesn't get lost on the Facebook page. Yeah, maybe like an official request that yeah. I I mean, on the Facebook page, I could handwrite on my notebook. Right. Well, we need a full request and an address to send it to. 
True. Okay. So send it to the Gmail. Daniel has actually done that. Okay. No, I think he Facebook messaged, but oh, okay. Good enough. So I have an official request from Daniel, and I think Cat officially requested one. I'll have to look back, but anyway. Yep. So, yep. We'll talk about that. We'll do the official list of people on the season five wrap up. So right. Yep. And um, okay, so. We're going to close out the show, and I can't think of a better way to close out our show than with an email we got this week from a new listener and a new watcher of Bates Motel. They've just discovered it, and they uh, are only able to watch through season three. I think they ordered... I'll, I'll read it. Just read but it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um I just think this is a great fitting end to close out our last episode. Um, it's from, I guess their name's Boo. Yep. <laughs> oh, the subject is, oh, so late to the party. I only recently discovered Bates Motel on Netflix and binge watched the first three seasons and then was completely devastated to discover that I couldn't get the fourth and fifth season in Australia anywhere at all. I've now found the DVD for season four in the right region and have ordered it from the UK, but have to wait until at least October to get my hands on the fifth season. What the bip? (laughs) (laughs) You've grasped the language (laughs) very nicely. Anyway, stewing in frustration, amplified by the fact that no one I know has watched it, and so I have no one to talk to about it. I found your podcast and started from episode one and worked my way through the end of season three. I've been having conversations with you both throughout. (laughs) So another one that talks back to us. (laughs) (laughs) But given the time-space dimension issues, I'm guessing you didn't hear a word I said. Not even when I wore my blue dress. It makes me invisible. (laughs) (laughs) But doesn't transport me through dimensions like the TARDIS. (laughs) And now I can't go any further, and I can't even join the Facebook group because it'll be full of spoilers. So I just have to sit here in my rocking chair and wait for the mail, wondering what came of Nomero and Dilemma and Norman. Oh, you're in for a treat. You are (laughs) in for a treat, future boo. (laughs) Future boo. (laughs) Had I listened from the start, it would have been so fun to join Harold and Iggy and Carrie. She is so funny. I hope she's doing okay. I've wrote Boo back and let her know, Carrie, that you're doing good. That you're can-free and funny as ever. Um, and the rest of the regulars at Bates Motel and the B&B. But alas, maybe you'll let me pitch a tent in the car park. If not, I'm going to have to sleep in my car out the front and hack into your Wi-Fi. <clears throat> if password is no longer mother, all caps, I have lots of things I could try. Sex craze, just for starters. <laughs> a good try yeah. and if all else fails I'll just go find Gunner even if it means luring him with cakes <laughs> <laughs> um, and watch the final two seasons really fast so that when you have a wrap up party with sandwiches I can come yes I'm inviting myself sorry <laughs> <laughs> without having to stuff my ears with cotton wool <laughs> we had our wrap up party and it was fun and sandwiches 
Anywho, I'm far too behind to offer feedback or predictions, but I just wanted to say I've loved the podcast, and M, the music's been great. Do you list anywhere what the songs are? There are a few I don't know, but I'm interested to find out who the artist is. So, uh, on that note, I actually, a few weeks ago, started a little list. I've been going back through the podcast and just listening to the end. So I'm hoping I'm catching all the songs. I'm trying to, because I know I too sometimes. So I'm trying to figure out. Anyway, I've been going through and writing down all of the songs because I've wanted, for a long time, I've wanted to just do a master list when the show's over mm-hmm. of just a reference of all the songs. Good idea. So, yeah. And when we've posted our last one, I'll just put it on quadruple Z as a file. Oh. So, anyone can look at that when it happens. Um, Can't wait to tune back in for Season 4, and finally, finally for Season 5. And maybe at the very, very end, somewhere in my distant future, I might even hear you mention that some crazy one from Northern Australia wants to pitch a tent out the front. (laughs) (laughs) The time is now, future boo. Future boo. Sometime in October, I'm guessing. I think you'll get through it pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> Show your own ass. <laughs> P.S. As soon as I can work out how to log back in, I'll leave you an iTunes review. There's bound to be other people like me who came to it late, just can't get enough. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Years ago, I was checking. I think we did that contest about reviews. So I was checking a few of the countries' uh-huh. iTunes. Uh-huh. And we had one review on Australia, and they hated us. Oh, really? <laughs> and this was like second season, I think. Oh, how funny. And so I just, I never went back, and I just thought, well, Australians hate us. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice to hear from you, boo. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I just thought we are, I had never, I mean, we have a few reviews in England, and Last I checked a few years ago, they were all nice. Uh-huh. And so I just thought, man, we've got this podcast with one single review. It just It's very short, but they just didn't like it. They were not amused at all. <laughs> and I just thought, all right. <laughs> Poor little Australian iTunes page. <laughs> this podcast has one horrible review. Oh, that's hilarious. Anyway, so, yeah, it'd be nice to... I don't know if there's more now. I just haven't bothered. (laughs) I don't bother anymore about these things. Nope. I'm an old lady. (laughs) Ridiculously old. (laughs) I am ridiculously old. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be nice to know that there's a a nice review in Australia. Yeah. (laughs) But thanks, Boo. Thanks, Thanks, Boo. Boo. I'm excited, as I said in my email, I am really excited to you, for you to watch season four. It's just yeah, such a great season. Yeah, and a bummer that you didn't discover the show in us earlier, because it sounds like you would have been, you would have fit right in. Yeah, you're our people. Yeah, so... Could have had some fun parties at the B&B. Yeah. Well, there's more. we'll be doing more podcasts, so. Very true. 
We'll try and save some for after October. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can so. tell us about all the good TV shows we're supposed to be watching. Yeah. So, all right. Well, um, are we what the pipping and grading it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what about that? <laughs> so, uh, like, What the bip? Hmm. Hmm. I'm gonna what the bip? Sheriff Green's attitude. You know, I was just gonna say that Sheriff Green. She seemed kind of different in this episode. She kind of did. So yeah. And perhaps just trying to serve the plot a little bit. I guess so. Yeah. So yeah, what the bip? Sheriff Green. And. I give it a five. I'm going to give it a 4.75. I can't give it a straight up five. Although the good stuff was super good. I just, I can't give it a perfect score because of the, well, a few shushes combined with quite a few unanswered questions. Yeah. The, We'll get into the unanswered questions when we do the season five wrap up. But... Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking a lot off because no. it was some scenes were just phenomenal. Yeah, and I, I love that they made it scary and creepy. It was Thank scary. you so much for doing that. I know. That was awesome. It, crazy Norman driving and oh my word. showing up to the motel and carrying her body around and. The ending with Dylan, uh, that just puts it all at a five to me. Yeah, and I can totally see that. But yeah. five crazy Normans. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna give it five dead moms in the dining room. <laughs> oh, <God>. So gross. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's that's all, I guess. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. We're during the season wrap-up. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun to do. Yeah. Totally. So, all right. Well, till next time, chill your own ass. It's not weird. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's a little weird. (laughs) (laughs) The secret is it's super weird. (laughs) But we shush that. It's not weird. Shush. So, okay. Saying it so can make it so. If we haven't learned anything from Norma and Norman... (laughs) you believe hard enough <laughs> isn't that from like the wizard of oz <laughs> or something <laughs> <laughs> oh. all right well all I right. Guess i'll talk to you later okay all right bye, bye.
let you take me away from her.
Have you seen, have you looked at iTunes reviews lately? Yes! I looked at that today when I was just like an hour ago. Have you seen Italy RMs? <laughs> Is that the ridiculously old thing? <laughs> yes. Listen, you. <laughs> this is one of my favorite things I've ever seen. <laughs> I can only imagine it's somebody that's just like hates us and just wants to be rude. Yeah, and just like I don't know, like fifteen years old or something. <laughs> Sad sack. Oh the my god! high. I know. I saw it. <laughs> like I saw it last weekend, and I told Cam about it, and we just laughed all weekend long about it. Like anytime one of us did so, it was like, "Oh well, if you weren't so ridiculously old, <laughs> like we're not only old, we're ridiculously old." <laughs> What is it about us that even seems ridiculous? I don't know. I don't know. It just makes me, it just cracks me up. It's like, if they would have said, like, old woman, I would have been like, "Mm, all right. Totally. But the ridiculously is like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that, like, 40 and 46 was ridiculously old. We're like in our nineties. All right, you're you're right. <laughs> if I had never heard our podcast, I would have been like, I would have been thinking like, man, is it like these old grannies just hating everything? <laughs> <I know. laughs> these young whippersnappers. <laughs> in my day. <laughs> Oh, oh man! Oh good! Oh, it just—that is the best one-star review anyone could ever get. <laughs> Two ridiculously old women just gabbing <laughs> with no insight. No insight. Waste of time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we don't have any insight because we're not like creators of the show. <laughs> Oh, man. And whoever it is, I feel fairly confident I could uh, beat them in a power pump class. (laughs) (laughs) You ridiculously old. Italy RM. (laughs) (laughs) I'm strong and in shape. (laughs) I'm just ridiculously old. (laughs) Ridiculous. You just want to say it in like the Zoolander voice. These ridiculously old women. <laughs> I tell you what, Italy RM. <laughs> you carry Eleanor around the block and tell me <laughs> how old you feel. Exactly. And then watch me do it. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. So, all right, well. Should we get on with it? Yeah. Because I'm ridiculously old. 
need to get the badge. Get the badge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Cam and I giggled all weekend. <laughs> I only thought about an hour ago <laughs> when Daniel made that complaint, so I had to get on iTunes. Oh, yeah. We, we, I saw it like last Friday or Saturday, and we had a busy manual labor. We were putting the garden in, like mm. new house, new garden. So we're talking mm. digging, getting a dump truck of soil delivered, shoveling that into the garden, yeah. building the fence around it so Bunny stays out, you know. Wow, yeah. We were talking like manual hard labor after 40 hours of work. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, we're ridiculously old. <laughs> we need to pay young people to do this. <laughs> so it kept us going all weekend because it was just making us laugh. <laughs> well, good. Because <laughs> I was like shoveling dirt into a wheelbarrow and like moving it around the yard and going, you know, I'm not ridiculously old. This is no problem. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ridiculously old. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're not 12. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> That's the first time I've felt really like I've been ageist, yes, <laughs> you know? Yes, totally. I've, I've never had my age challenge before. Me neither. <laughs> and like I said, if I would have just said like two old ladies, I would have been like, hmm. Maybe there's a point to that, but then the ridiculously is like, nope. <laughs> oh, man. It's awesome. It's like this 21-year-old that doesn't think anyone over, like, 26 has any right to punch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just you wait. <laughs> I know. Wait 20 years, you dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, it just makes me laugh so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But, yeah. So... That's Italy RM. But thank you, Bad Monkeys, Nuchas, Matt A2K, Silver2289, Cindy Stanzo, and Health CLK. All five star reviews in the last few weeks. Yeah, thank you so much. I can't believe with all those, the one one star put us back down to four. Well, we're back at four and a half. Oh, sweet. Because uh, Bad Monkeys. We got a few. Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah, special shout out to Health COK because they originally gave us a two and a half and changed it to a five. Yeah, that's really cool to go back and change it. So, you know, kind of like our theory, we're like, just give us a chance. We might grow on you. Well, <laughs> they gave us a chance. We grew on them. So, yep. <laughs> and they want to know if we do any other shows. So, 
must have grown on us. Yeah. Like, have we got a giant series for you? <laughs> oh, they're probably listening. <laughs> heard of this yes. little thing called Buffy the Vampire Slayer? <laughs> and Angel. And Angel. All five seasons. <laughs> There's 12 seasons. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Uh, Sue watches Buffy. Sue watches Knock Buffy. Knock out. Yep. Good luck finding it. You can find it under Sue watches Buffy, right? You can now. Oh, can you? I thought that was taken down for some reason. Oh, that's right. It's not titled. Like, <laughs> good luck finding. It's <laughs> weird. No, I think you can. I think you can put it. You have to put it in Sue watches Buffy. And it'll, like, at least show all the podcasts, because that's what I would title the individual podcasts. So you have to know exactly what you're looking for. You couldn't, like, search for Buffy podcasts. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, if you search an iTunes store for Sue Watches Buffy, it comes up. Is it still untitled? No. Oh, titled no. back? <laughs> yeah, it's got the little picture. So, there's that. There's a lot of them. <laughs> Seven seasons of Buffy, five of Angel, although we take we, it in chunks. Yes, there's yes, there are Even some, there's some episodes where we cover like five episodes of the show. So Yeah, season four. <laughs> <laughs> we did that one like a band-aid. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. Do you want to do it this time since it's the last one and I did the feedback one? Okay. Just, you know. Sure. Change it up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sue Watches Buffy. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew it. In my mind, I was like, she's going to say set me up. Sue Watches Buffy. <laughs> you totally set me up. <laughs> <laughs> Try again. Okay. <clears throat> Take two. Spoiler. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm gonna put that ahead. We're gonna spoil the end of Dexter. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> so be warned. And I know no one else does, and I only watched it the one time, so I don't know. I was totally okay with it when I thought he had, like, driven himself. I was up until then. I was like, okay. I mean, it's not like the last season was, like, my favorite thing I ever watched. Right. But I was dealing with it, and I was okay. And right. when he drove himself into the storm to die, I thought, cool. Okay. Right. right. He lovingly dumped <laughs> Deb's body. But, yeah, I mean, I was just like, meh. Okay, so he... Wanted, I mean, he seemed to have cared and lovingly dumped it as well as you can dump a body out to sea. I felt he did. Yeah, but he dumped her where he dumped all of his bodies. So she was just there with his other victims. Yeah, I don't know why that doesn't bother me. I don't know. It That's just... like his little graveyard place. Yeah, but she was a cop. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I can't make myself care about that for some reason. Uh, it and I really don't... bothered me. <laughs> it bothered most people. Mm, good. Like, that was a huge thing. 
almost as big as the lumberjack thing. But I just well, can't me, get my like, head in that space. This was his sister that they adored each other. They did, absolutely. And in the end, he just treated her like one of his victims, like these horrible people that he killed. You know? I don't yeah. know. Well, that's where he takes bodies. And he never... They did adore each other, but he still didn't... He was still a psychopath. He yeah, didn't... that's true. So. He had a relationship with her, but certainly wasn't what a normal person would. No. On his end. Yeah. Her end, yes. But he just can't. Yeah. He doesn't have that in him. Anyway, so I was, uh, I mean, there could have been better ways, but I'm like, okay, he drives himself into that storm and kills himself. That's, that's probably the right thing to do. And he's kind of taking some semblance of a high road. And then Jack, what? <laughs> oh, I hated it so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so yay that Bates Motel didn't do that. <laughs> yes. But, 